Welcome to You Down, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. God in Old Testament, character-wise, asshole. Wouldn't have been his friend. <laughs> hey, go ahead and kill, go ahead and kill your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, do it, don't, uh-huh. do don't do it, don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to You, you Down. Down. A podcast where four funny honeys come together to talk about what's happening in the culture. I'm Yasmin Monet Watkins. I'm Ashley Holston. I'm Shakira Janae Pei. And I'm Mamiya Aforo. But collectively, we are known as Obama's Ficky Ficky Other, Ficky Ficky Daughters. Ficky Ficky Ficky. Not okay. having your own Ficky Ficky, though. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. Today we're asking Are you down with religion? According to adherents, an independent, non-religiously affiliated news organization, there are 4,300 active religions in the world. Hot dog. Mm. For billions of people, having a religious belief system provides a purpose in life. For some, religion serves as a guide for moral behavior. And unfortunately for some, it was just an excuse to vote for Donald Trump, who claims to be a Christian, but that's Ooh. a whole other bridge to cross, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Today's world is one in which our understanding of the world religions is both understatedly important as well as increasingly complex. And for some of us, we've set aside religion for spirituality. Mm. But before we dive in, let's check in. What's everybody loving and hating this week? This week, I'm hating the ambiguity of dating versus just becoming friends with someone. You can never really tell when you're hanging out with someone, especially as a queer woman. You're like, is this a date? Is this just chilling? And maybe I just need to, like, get the balls to— or not the balls, but the— uh, <laughs> <laughs> The chutzpah. <laughs> the chutzpah, that's a good the word. Chutzpah. Yeah, the chutzpah to be like, hey, do you want to go on a date? You know what's funny, yes, is I was going through text threads. You know, you just get bored, you go through old stuff. I was going through a text thread, and it was you talking about being afraid of asking this girl on a date. And I was like, just ask. It was actually a week that we both got rejected hard. (laughs) I was like, just ask her on a date. It's not that hard. And uh, two texts later, we both were like, you want to eat ice cream together? (laughs) I appreciate you, Ashley, more than I could say. And in all honesty, it happens in straight relationships, too. You know, I've Truly. been in, in a thing that I thought was a budding romance. And then oh, yeah. was, I was just a homie. I, I feel like mine is kind of similar. I slid in someone's DMs and we've been <gasps> texting. And I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but I just literally don't know if people are flirting or not. Like, I feel like my radar for that doesn't exist. Or I, like, turned it off as a defense mechanism or something. Mm, That's real. Yeah, but I just, like, I'm like, wait, are you— He is texting me because he wants to talk to me, right? He doesn't just want advice on— uh, something <laughs> that a bitch. <laughs> That's a whole nother bridge to have to cross. The idea of like now being, you know, budding success. Some people want to talk to you just so they can get it. I want to get uh, in your head. I want to take a few minutes. That, uh-uh. I'm no. here for relationships and and uh, touching. <laughs> and touching. Wait, David was like, Yasmin, you don't need any new friends. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> that might be that might be real. I mean, y'all can go get a COVID test together. Is that what friendship is these days? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now. 
Well, since we all are hating things this week, I guess I'm hating awkward situations with family. One of my cousins got married recently and like he didn't like do the Zoom thing or send a message like, hey, I can only invite a certain amount of people. He just invited the cousins that he wanted to and oh. like the aunties Ooh. that he wanted to <laughs> and didn't say a damn thing. But then posted stuff on Instagram and it's just so awkward because like my cousin Tiffany, who was invited, put his picture in the group chat and was like, our cousin married. And I was like, yeah, I grew up with this nigga and I found out on the internet. <laughs> It's definitely a slight, but I also aim to be that person who's like, I'm only having people at my wedding who I want to pay $120 per plate for or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, did you say, Ashley, what you're loving or hating? No, no. And I feel bad because I was going to love something this week. Love it. Love it. Love it. We need a little love. Okay. Okay. I am loving being an adult and getting to know my parents as adults. Yes. It is so fun to be like, oh, yeah, you my mom, but also you a whole ass person that had experiences before (laughs) I was here and beliefs (laughs) and stories that I never even asked you about. Right. Um, So it's just been nice. And to talk about things that like were so taboo to talk about when we were kids, like (laughs) religion, actually having full ass thoughtful conversations with my parents about Things that I believe in, not not being afraid of being on punishment <laughs> if I say the wrong thing. Like, what did you just say, Ashley? I said I pay my own bills, and these are my beliefs. <laughs> Ooh, and speaking of religion, how much does faith shape morality? How does religion play a role in our lives? Before we dive in, let's take a quick break. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get into our main topic this week. What was your relationship with religion growing up? Ashley, what about you? Mm, I was in a church every Sunday, early. My dad was a mm-hmm. deacon. Oh, We were in oh. the choir. We were like in the oh. church group. I went to a, a religious camp. The only camp I ever went to, it was only like two days, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we were very much... Very much in the church. And we would get punished if we did not go to church. Like, it was not a, you're 15 now, you get to choose. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. You cannot come, but you're going to get in trouble. So, oh, wow. I didn't know your dad was a deacon. I didn't either. I feel like that's almost PK kid, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and about. we were best friends with the preacher's kids. Uh, <laughs> I Reverend know. Campbell, shout out to Erica and Lauren. I know Erica just got <laughs> married. Um, we were very Were much you invited? <laughs> okay. No, Shady no McShade. Shady McShade, hope you have fun. I hope it gets cold under the shade. Hope the wind is blowing. <laughs> I never heard that before, Kira. That's funny. I, I, hope, sh- I hope the wind is blowing in that shade. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never really thought about Deacon being all that much. My mom oh, was an yeah. usher, too. You know, like, oh. we were just in it. My mom's we husband was a deacon. And mm-hmm. my mom did Sunday school. It just feels like everybody try to take a role at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can. If you can't get a role, then you just make sure you steal a pew. Yeah. That's your pew. <laughs> <laughs> what about y'all, mommy? Uh, I definitely grew up in the church. I grew up Catholic, um, went to Catholic school K through 12. So mm-hmm. I like wore a uniform to school every oh, day wow. of my life. Oh. I always wonder what Catholic school would be like. I loved it. I feel like that's like um like kind of hot 
and like cluelessly oh. like yeah <laughs> I yeah like honestly like I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely sheltered my parents are Ghanaian and religion is a huge part of culture also is Catholicism big there it's one of the biggest ones Pentecostal I think is the most popular like people are more like charismatic than the kind of church I grew up in which was very (laughs) very white and very slow and very conservative Catholicism is very interesting there are parts of it that I like It's almost like yoga in a way, like the prayer and like genuflecting and standing up and praying and stuff. So those aspects of it, I actually weirdly do really The standing up and sitting down you like? Is that what you were just saying? Yeah, it's like transitioning through the service in different ways. You're kneeling at some points, you're sitting at some points, and you're standing. Yeah, I went to a Catholic wedding and we were doing that. And I was like, yo, I am tired, Same. (laughs) We went to a Catholic, or rather David's cousins got married in Haiti. And it was like the sit, stand, sit, stand, but like in a whole other language that was also oh, Catholic. But like, <laughs> I was just like, I can't keep up. This is too Doing much. the robot. I did okay. appreciate the, uh, the they have like these things you pull out that are cushions so that you yeah. can kneel on. Because you know, I got yeah. bad knees and I was like, well, at the very least, it <laughs> provided me a base. Yeah. I don't agree with so much of the agenda of the Catholic Church. I'm like, for real, that's what you're concerned about? Like, I've sat in church so many times, and this sounds nuts, but, like, there are people in my church who I for sure know are, like, afraid of my family. My parents have gone there for 25 years, Mm. and it's still this discomfort in the room. Like, for sure, they have their seat that they sit in. And I went one time with them maybe two summers ago. I was, like, in a daze thinking about something else. All of a sudden, I hear— and some people would even argue that African Americans were better off during slavery because what? they had a place to oh, live and they had no. A- oh no. What did you do? I wanted to get up and walk out, but again, we stick out like a sore thumb in that room. So I just like couldn't move. And so I turned to my mom and I had tears running down my face and I was like, I am never coming to this church again. And she was like, What? And then we get in the car and my mom's like, What were you saying? And I repeated it, and she was like, oh, he— And my dad was like, no, he did say that. And she was like, well, you went to school there. You should write a letter. And I've written, like, three different letters that are in my docs that I haven't sent yet. Because I'm like, I don't think you care what I have to say. And the main problem for me with that was these white people don't know anything about black people. And you are somebody they trust, and you're standing up on that pulpit telling them something that they're perceiving as truth. Right. And mm-hmm. they're not going to talk to me. divine in some way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, they're going to leave here and repeat that misinformation to someone else. This is how these things happen and right. why we're so divided. I don't know. I, I definitely need to reckon with that place at some point in my career. Mm-hmm. But I just could not believe at Epiphany Catholic Church in Coon Rapids. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> For me, my parents were divorced, so I sort of grew up in two churches. On the one hand, there was my mom. We went to Agape. We went to Unity Church. The Unity Church in San Diego was more white, but, like, still relatively hippie. Um, Agape, Asha, you've been to Agape. I feel like, Kira, have you been? I've been before, yeah. It was very hippie. You know, 
Very hippie, more spiritual. Though they had more bulletins than, or more like announcements than any <laughs> church I've ever been to. <laughs> there are a lot of bulletins. And actually, I was so excited. I saw Ricky Byers sing. I was telling y'all at the Black Women Are Divine event, and I was like fangirling. I was like, Ricky Byers, oh my God. But then on the other side, growing up with my dad, for the formative years of my life, we grew up in a very, very strict apostolic church. So speaking in tongues, getting baptized. Mm-hmm. Is that real? Yeah, I was going to say, can you give us a little bit? Yeah. I, I truly cannot. No, um, I know that's but like, crass. <laughs> I remember like tearing for the Holy Ghost and like sitting in the pews and, you know, whenever they'd be like, oh, well, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. I'd be sitting there like, God is watching me. Like, I really thought for a long time, if you didn't go through the doors of this church in Carson, that people were just, like, not saved. Damn. And oh, I was, wow. like, trying to convince my mom. I was like, Mom, please, you got to get saved. She was just like, are they getting brainwashed over there? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say people who are a little more gullible are, I think, more mm-hmm. vulnerable to— <laughs> To getting too inundated in it, like in Mm it taking over your life, kind of. I mean, it should, your spirituality should be a huge part of your life. Yeah, it's a fine line. Exactly. It has to be balanced. Faith can be great, but then it can also be toxic. Then you end up with people who are sheep following a bad leader. And also, too, the thing that gets me is just like, we're all humans having a human experience. So when we do take on faith and tell other people about themselves through that faith, it's like, no, you still, Joe, you still Joe, (laughs) you ain't Jesus. Like, (laughs) chill out, you know? Uh, So yeah, I grew up, I think at what, eight or seven, my mom joined a church and then we were, you know, in it. My mom taught Sunday school at a certain point and I hung out with all the kids that I went to church with and the pastor's kids. And then when my mom remarried, her husband became a deacon at the church. I mean, that church is now falling apart. But I think I even told you guys at one point when I lost my V card, the pastor got in our face and was like, have you been smoking way and having sex? Get on the altar, get on the altar, get on the altar. And then we were all like, God. (laughs) And we walked to the altar like, that was the church. People were falling out. People were speaking in tongues. My mom was speaking in tongues. What was the denomination? Mm -hmm. Non-denominational. But we were under a Baptist wing. So uh, St. Stephen's was the church that our pastor had went to on and off as a kid. And we were like his baby. Mm -hmm. So we were the non-denominational Fountain of Life Fellowship. And yeah, not going wasn't an option. We went every Sunday. I mean, if you fall asleep, you get knocked, wake up. (laughs) that's a universal experience I feel like going to sleep in church (laughs) the worst was seeing my dad fall asleep in church and then be like Yasmin don't fall asleep in church and I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) do as I say not as I do Mm -hmm. yeah but I mean on the one end it was like we were kids so we used to cut up outside of church but then we also (laughs) (laughs) were super in the church and felt like we had to be saved. And if you aren't saved, I used to talk to people at school with a Bible sometimes. Like, Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, you need to get saved. Like there was a point where I was like, <laughs> Shakira. <laughs> but this was like, because I started at such a young age. So there were the times where like the world would pull me 
and then God would pull me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was worldly, I was like, oh, I need to get closer to God. I got to fix myself. And then when I was godly, it was like, let me talk to these sinners because they're going to burn down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I definitely wanted to be a nun at one point in my Whoa. life because I thought, I think I was just like, oh, finding a man would be really hard. So I might as well just be a nun. <laughs> I love Damn. that. Like, that was like my logic. <laughs> And Whoopi Goldberg made it look so fun and sister act. So why not? <laughs> also, what age were you thinking about finding a man? You were like, I ain't ever gonna find a man at 12 years old. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'll give my life to God. Instead. I mean, honestly, I was wondering the same thing for you, Kara. When were you going to people with the Bible? What, what age was that? I want to say it was close to like ninth and 10th grade. But I do remember my friend Danae and I like both having a very come to God moment and wanting to fix some of the kids in our school and wanting them to get saved. We were like... That's our job as a Christian. It's our job to talk to other people about Christ. It's our job to make sure our yeah. friends don't burn in hell. Like a fucking asshole. I was an asshole going up to these people. <laughs> <laughs> Just like trying to control them. But in my mind, I had been trained to do that. But then once I lost my virginity, like by 11th grade, I was back in the world. And oh, I nice. was not <laughs> bringing my Bible to school. I feel like that's one of the things that turned me off from religion. Or at least the church when I was younger is that aspect of control, like, and having to present a certain way. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember being like, I don't want to wear my hair like this or wear bows or Mm -hmm. put on this dress. Why can't I just wear what I'm comfortable in and still be a respectful, loving person? Right. But it was always like, this is how you do it. And this is how you live. It, It always bothered me that, one, we were telling other people how to live, And that something was wrong with me, that inherently I'm a sinner, I'm bad, and that I need to be fixed. I was like, I I don't, I don't know. And it's it's crazy (laughs) to hear you guys talk about how deep you were in it, because I feel I was just as deep, but I don't think I could have ever gone to someone and be like, I need you to believe in Jesus Christ right now. (laughs) Let's, Let's sit here and pray. Do you guys feel like you still practice? How do you practice? How does religion play mm. a part in your life? Mm. I actually feel closer to God now than I did when I was at that apostolic church because I got to college and I had to contend with if I'm in love with this woman, my best friend at the time, does that mean I'm going to burn in a lake of fire forever? And like that question sort of began unraveling all the stuff that I was taught trying to find like, well, I can't imagine that God would be against love in its purest form. And it just like led me to this space of like looking for more, Mm -hmm. but specifically turning within. So I feel like now, even though I'm not that specific religion or apostolic necessarily, I still feel spiritually connected. I love that because I feel like it's you understanding what God is. Going to church used to be a function that you just did on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would talk to the kids or something and address, you know, something (laughs) that would stick with me. But like, it wasn't more than that. But I think in growing up after college and like in my 20s when I was alone in the world, Mm -hmm. that was what helped me get through all the hardest times in my life is my relationship with God and spirit and just knowing that I'm prayed for and I have 
love around me, even if it isn't in the same room, it's still in my heart. And also the same way as like unraveling those parts. Like, yes, I was raised Catholic, but I don't agree with definitely the social aspects of Catholicism Mm -hmm. at all. So like how to reckon with feeling bad about like my parents being like, are you going to church? And I'm like, I don't want to go to that church. Catholic and Baptist and all of the denominations is just a different set of rules on what should be just worship the way you worship, get close to God in the way that you get close to God. Even with having the faith and still believing in the Bible, you don't need the rules that a lot of the churches put on you. Some of the rules are great. Like, it's nice to have tradition, but some like, of the don't rules kill are... people. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That one I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> the rules are way more man-made than the faith is. Absolutely. Especially when you come to the way women are treated. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. whole nother mm-hmm. subject. There's only Oof. like, I think, what? No more than 20 women in the Bible with a name. And there are like... 500 uh. men with character names. <laughs> it wouldn't be like character names. I mean, I love that you're breaking it down like a script. <laughs> no, that that's so real because my favorite class in college was this course called Bible as Literature. And so we read the Bible, stories from the Bible. We didn't read the whole thing. We didn't have a whole... (laughs) (laughs) But we read the Bible as a story written by a person. And taking away the theology of it made me have so many more questions. And I Mm -hmm. feel like when you start asking questions um, in organized religions, people get really Mm -hmm. upset. Mm -hmm. They want to tell you that you got to go on faith and faith alone. Mm -hmm. But in this class, we were allowed to dissect, like, why, why would God do this? Or, you know, is this story supposed to be allegorical? Or are we supposed to be taking this as truth? How do we know? So when people are like, well, this exact thing from the Bible, and I'm like, you know that this book is more about the lessons of the stories than right. anything. Right. Like every religious text. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think particularly thinking about the text of it, I remember just thinking about Okay, if God is something that we'll never fully understand until we go to heaven or connect or whatever, then the people who translated God's word are also fallible because they're men or, you know, human, but specifically men too. Thinking about what gets lost in translation, not just from God to man, but also what gets lost in translation from like language down into English even. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible is translated into so many different exactly, languages. and like yeah. specifically so you're from stuff. Hebrew to English, and it's all interpretation. And, there are, and some words don't even translate. Yeah, <laughs> they just pick things that are close. I agree with that. I think language is so important, mm-hmm. especially even around saying God, because yeah. what I've found is that for me, God is more energy, spirit, nature, the connectiveness of us all. Mm -hmm. And I think when I say God, sometimes it's off-putting to people because they believe they're talking about the man in the sky. And I know that it can just be so, I don't know, off-putting to people just to hear God. And so divisive just to hear that name. It's hard to hear that name when you've been, I guess, hurt by church or, or by God. But what reconciled it for me was going out in nature and really getting down to like, my intuition Mm. and the power within myself. We're all made in God's image. And so I believe that I am 
all powerful and right. not in like a conceited way but like no. I am made of the same thing that the Grand Canyon is made of yes. that makes the sunrise that, that has yeah. stars and so I I think my adult religion mm-hmm. has been more spirituality and trying to get connected with myself and with everybody else and trying to just bring uh, light I feel that when I go to the beach I'm like oh God is here yeah and God is it's very much nature, a queer black right? woman <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't put labels on guys. She get. She I'm, they I'm can be whoever they want. Her. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like I've definitely had moments in LA where it's like people talking about religion and like, oh, mm. and I'm like, whoa, like everybody has a god, even if your god is weed or uh, sex mm. or you know, like <laughs> there are people have things that they worship. That is what yes. you're focused on, like mm-hmm. you know, manifesting, and everyone is different. So I just. I get a little testy when people like speak down on Christians because yes, there are a lot of crazy Christians. I'm not making excuses for them, but there's so many religions. That's just Mm -hmm. disrespectful to think that someone's faith means something about Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. I think also in that the class, the the Bible is literature class, they talked about the stages of developing religion. And like you start with what your parents give you, right? Mm -hmm. You take that as fact. And then you move forward. And sometimes you're like, "Mm, I don't necessarily believe with what my parents believe. And then the third step is figuring out what you do believe for yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people never get off that second step. Mm, Yep. And so what they want to do is just be like, this is bad. What you're doing is has some bad things, but Mm -hmm. they haven't really... (laughs) discovered for themselves mm-hmm. what even it is that they believe in. But also, too, it's a hard conversation to have because for me now as a more spiritual person, even when I came to L.A., like I would go to Reality L.A. because they make you feel pretty bad about being a sinner, like the church that I grew up in. I think for me, like even coming to that realization that the way I have a relationship with God is unhealthy. And it's like abusive almost. Girl, y'all yeah. read that Old Testament God in Old Testament, character-wise, asshole. Yeah. Wouldn't have been his friend. He was jealous. He was Not an ex-girlfriend. Cool. He was a real— He was. Hey, go ahead and kill. Go ahead and kill your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, one, do it, don't, do don't do it. 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 I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Like, that shit is not funny. Job was your faithful servant, and you just tested the hell out of him for no reason. I especially—I feel like folks with the Old Testament were like, oh, yeah, this is how, like, you have to live your life now. And it's like, you're telling me I can't be queer, but— in that same text in Leviticus, they're like, you can't eat pigs. And you over there eating ribs after church. And mm-hmm. I see you selling the rib plate. Yeah, just do what I say, mm-hmm. not what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is also, Mommy, what you were saying about being in the church and hearing them say, well, maybe African-Americans were happier in slavery. And like the way that Christianity and a lot of religions have been used over time to control people. I think about religion, the way that it was used to have slaves be like, well, instead of rising up and revolting, bringing Christianity as like a a way to control us. A way to say, hey, God's going to have your back. Don't even worry about it. Don't don't uprise. You'll get your justice in the afterlife. Mm -mm. I want mine now. People and, and nations would literally 
use religion as a way to pillage and take and control mm-hmm. a whole people. I mean, I mean when you even look at, not to demonize any religion, but like with Islam and a lot of the suicide bombing things where you get a young person and you mentally warp them at a very young age to put a pack on their body and commit suicide to kill people based off of their faith. And the thing is, it could be so good for you. And then you have people who make it so bad for you. And like in any religion, the main goal is peace and love. And then as soon as certain people step in and start training little boys and kids to be militant, hateful people because the other people don't have the same beliefs as them, then you can get somebody to kill themselves and kill other people. And it's like with all of the religions, it'd be one thing if it was just like this one sect or whatever, but like... Mm. But I mean, anything where there's going to be power and money, there are going to be people who use it in a corrupt way. Like not to say that that's absolve it and like just deal with it. But um, it's not even just religion, you know. We are indoctrinated so early. Even I was thinking about the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. Why are we in kindergarten say the pledge? I don't I don't even know what allegiance means yet. Yeah. You told me to take the pledge. <laughs> so it's That's like so we're true. all indoctrinated <laughs> so young with so many things. And it's so important. So, so, so important. One of the things I believe in is curiosity and growth and self-development mm-hmm. and just making sure you're asking questions and understanding mm-hmm. why it is that you're doing what it is. Why it is you believe what you believe? Where does that come from? How? Have you dived into it recently? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just how you said a lot of people get stuck on step two. I feel like that's where you ask those questions and get curious and come up with what faith do you have based off of what you believe as an adult and what feels right for you, not just based off of what your folks believed. Something that I enjoyed about growing up in the church is that I did get structure. And as much as I did hear Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, I definitely still got some good from it. I'd say discipline, knowing that it was just like good to be a good person and mm-hmm. figuring out what a good person meant was helpful for me growing up. And I use that every day. Mm-hmm. How does faith or belief systems help y'all? Um, I definitely think when I'm going through tough times, connecting to God, praying, making my affirmations, taking time to connect with, again, that like inner voice. And just having hope or faith for brighter days to come. I think especially when you're going through some of your darkest times, but even when you're celebrating, it's been good to be like, I'm grateful. Yeah. I think I didn't realize that I never had moments where it was just gratitude that I I sat in, you know, like sitting in gratitude and even like keeping a journal or even like connecting with myself because I was just so removed from myself for a while, which is just such an interesting journey with faith. But anywho, (laughs) I do feel like day to day, just checking in and realizing like how important your connection with spirit is from your mental health to just growing as a person and evolving into being a better person. And that's sort of how I, I take my beliefs to my day to day. I... I'm like, wow, I actually do have like rituals, I guess, that I didn't really even notice. Like I have the Bible app on my phone, so it gives me a verse of the day every day. So I always read that verse and I have a streak of like two years that I haven't missed one. So I'm really proud of myself in the (laughs) dumbest way. But I pray before I go to bed and when I wake up and thank God for waking me up. 
Hmm. Um, and giving me another day. And what you were saying about gratitude, I think in my mid-20s, I really tried to just stay conscious of being grateful. Only calling on God when something is wrong is like not a nice relationship. No. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, thank you, God, for this day and thank you for my life. Like, literally, thank you. Speaking of rituals, like, are there prayers that you guys know? Like, for me, I have the prayer of protection that I say every time I travel. And even times when I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit scared. Mm -hmm. I've heard it several times. (laughs) Like when we went to that Towards R Us that was abandoned. (laughs) What were you guys doing at Toys R Us? <laughs> Yaz and I broke into an abandoned Toys R Us to roller skate. Oh my um, god! And as we yeah. broke in, Yasmin said her prayer of protection. And honestly, I was like, "Amen." Because <laughs> <laughs> we walked walk into some stuff we should not be doing. Mm. Wow, that's hilarious. I pray the Serenity Prayer a lot. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the mm-hmm. things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's something I struggle with a lot. Like, what am I doing in my life? And then also, I'm into archangels. There's one for protection or like uh, miracles or like bringing you joy in your life, different things. They're real. They've been moving mountains for me. I'll say that. One time, Mommy, you said, you must have people praying for you, like a lot of people praying for you. And I remember hearing that, and I have been more grateful now since hearing you say that, because I do have people (laughs) (laughs) praying for me and looking out for me, not only alive, but, you know, I very Mm -hmm. much believe in the transference of energy Mm -hmm. and that there I have spirits looking out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, We all do. Oh, yeah. One of the things that really frustrates me about the way that we were severed from our communities or from our traditions that as Black folks that we at some point in the past practiced, but were literally forced to quit thinking about voodoo even. Like my yeah. grandmother's from Shreveport, Louisiana, and we never talked about any of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there are things that were lost, the things that were lost in the fire, right? Like that I just wish that I could connect to or have a connection to and that I'm starting to like delve into and discover as an adult. Like, what does it mean to connect with your ancestors, right? And to have Mm -hmm. people that are looking out for you on the other side. There's so much that I don't know, but that I feel. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, but that's what faith is. Yeah. Or at least um, faith in, in being interchangeable with religion. And talking about being connected and going back to what Yaz was saying, all those things that we've been severed from, I think we're still able to connect with. If we can sit with ourselves and and Mm -hmm. really get to like a place where we're our most intuitive. Yeah, I dig that. Those are not lost. I don't know if you guys do a little chanting, but it's an active form of meditation and connectivity that I highly recommend trying. I can't really describe it. It's like saying a prayer, but like saying a prayer repeatedly over and over. So you eventually just like sort of shed a skin. It reminds me of affirmations. You say it out loud, you speak it into existence. And I I see it happen so much. My mom, when we were kids, used to always be like, you know, make your affirmation cards and like write it down and then like put it somewhere where you can see it mm-hmm, every morning. It. And I literally, I mean, you guys, I've told you this before, but like even for this podcast, it's so crazy. Years ago, I put our picture next to a picture of Shonda Rhimes and I put the word mentor next to it. And the fact that we're doing this podcast 
on Shondaland slate, to have walked by it, to have said the affirmation of like, I want to work with this woman in some way. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Um, so there's this, I'll give you the story. One day I'm sitting at a coffee shop with a friend writing, and this is like six years ago. And this woman comes up to me and is like, I'm sorry, are you an actor or something? And I was like, I'm, you know, trying to be, I guess. Um, she was like, oh, um, do you have a moment for me to talk to you about Buddhism? And my friend that I was with was like, actually, I've studied Buddhism. So they start talking and she's like, yeah, write down the date. If you say these affirmations, which is I will be whatever you will be. I will help others. And I will, it's literally written on my bathroom mirror. I was going to say, I know I've seen, walked in and seen your, (laughs) your affirmations. At one point I e-howed how to find my principles and morals. (laughs) (laughs) You just Googled it. Well, I Googled how to, how to go about that process. Right. And I found this exercise and it really like helped me break down to the point where I have like slogans, lead with love, treat others how you want to be treated. How can I help? That's my service. And having those in front of me is so much more helpful than to have them in a notebook somewhere because yep. sometimes I'll be forgetting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, hey, bitch, you're supposed to be leading with love right now. You <laughs> is not leading with love. I miss the music part of being in a Black church, though. I remember Sister Kenyatta singing For Every Mountain, and I was like, oh, God, you see me. Nobody sings like those uh, people that sang in your church. Like, no one can do the the renditions Mm-mm. like the ones you grew up with. Nothing. I love gospel music so much. Mm. I have a playlist of pick-me-ups, and half of them are gospels. <laughs> and I often sing, he's an on-time God. Like, <laughs> anytime I get a check, white <laughs> changes on time. That's more of the prayer that I have. It's like, he's an on-time God. And for me, that really means the universe has my back. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Truly. I'm not a gospel music gal. Yeah, we know, Kara. Oh, you're more into Christian rock, Kira. I do enjoy Christian rock. It's quite refreshing. I grew up with, my dad literally sings Gregorian chant through our house, which is like, (laughs) hallelujah, hallelujah. Like very slow and like organ. Where's the flavor? No flavor at all. But I've fallen in love with gospel on my own, and I love, like, God's property, like Kirk Franklin, oh. that music. Mm. The song, My Life is in Your Hand, I listen to that at least once a day. Because the words are just like, you don't have to worry, don't you be afraid. Oh, yeah. Joy comes in the morning, trouble doesn't last always. I'm always like, yeah, like, singing. Oh, you've seen me driving down the road, I'm proud mm. of you. We were on our way to a meeting one time, me, you, and Yaz, I think. Uh, And we put on gospel music and it pumped us the fuck up for that meeting. Yes, it did. We were pumped. Like in the church, I felt most moved when the music was playing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The music, music does something to you. It Mm -hmm. is very moving. Mm -hmm. It'll have you on the altar. It'll have you on the ground crying and like. Really? (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) I was wrong. Without music, mm -mm, that don't happen. Also, go tune in some Christian rock. Now, I will say some of it is fine, but it just don't hit me like, like gospel. Mm-mm. But it's time for us to give some advice, so uh, you can't talk about Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> go get your Creed CD out of 
the attic and jam out. It's our favorite time of the day. It's time for us to give some advice. But first, let's take a little break. Welcome back, party people. It's time for us to give a lucky listener some advice. Ash, what you got for us today? All right. Today's letter reads, Dear OOD, this is such a silly problem to have, but the love of my life is obsessed with old school hip hop, and he plays it all the time. Literally, hardcore rap and no chorus for me. <laughs> He's selfish. Literally, hardcore rap and no chorus for me to sing along to. Not to mention, he hates pop and new-aged rap. He knows I'm not a fan, but he listens to it and insists that I just have to accept his shitty music page. <laughs> Sis, how do I make the best out of this horrible sound situation? Signed, not old, and nor should my music be. I hear that, girl. (laughs) I love old music. Do you hear that? I love old music, too. Same. Earlier in our friendship, I mentioned my love of jazz, and Shakira was like, um, what are you, an auntie? You don't like jazz, Shakira? (laughs) No, I don't like jazz. Y'all already know. Or old school music. No. What about blues music? like, I feel like I'm at somebody's auntie's house. Why do you like my auntie? I don't want to listen. I mean, a song or two. Sure, but like a full, like I feel bad for her. I would be annoyed <laughs> if I was just oh my stuck. God. You need a chorus to sing along to sometimes. I can't, I don't know the rap. I want to just have <laughs> yeah. talking at me, rapping and ticking my feelings. <laughs> You're doing it too, old school 80s rap. But that kind of rap, I call it rappy rap. Oh, yeah. It's like New York, like just a bass and just on the track. Like, right? I don't really buy it. Just 115 bars. Yeah. Yeah, you need a chorus. I get it, sis. So you should get some headphones is my first thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And listen to your own music. Mm -hmm. Also, he's got to be flexible. Like, yeah, you driving? You, but he probably drives the most, don't he? He always wanted, he always <laughs> offered to drive and be doing that type of nonsense. Right. So, you, and then you take the offer and then you stuck with the music. So, get some headphones or drive. Oh my God. That and is like, so disrespectful. Y'all sitting in the car and you put on headphones? I meant in the house mostly. She needs, like, or he should be listening to his jams on headphones. I feel like it is very hard to listen to music you don't want to listen to. Yes. It feels mm. like torture. Consistently? Uh, Oof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the compromise is headphones. Truthfully, if you can't decide on something that you both want to enjoy together, maybe find a podcast or something. Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah. Like this space. one. <laughs> yeah. Or music that you might both cross over with. Right. Like, Maybe y'all both like country music. Mm. <laughs> Sitting yeah, on my front you porch, ew. eating Or talk about porch. not wanting to listen to music you don't want to hear. <laughs> but also, too, y'all might, <laughs> you might not like full genres together, but you might have a few songs that both of you guys like. Like, everybody exactly. can listen to a little Al Green. Sometimes I can throw on a little, you know, Aaliyah when I want to hear something a little current. That's with old my mom. school to you? Oh. No, with my mom. Like, oh, okay. Because my mom will only play like Christian or gospel music when I'm home. Um, and um, she's trying to get you to come back. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. we gotta, or a pastor will be preaching. You gotta compromise. And make sure that you are being willing to compromise because 
<laughs> this letter feels like I just got to accept his shitty music days. <laughs> right. Harsh, and expand so. your mind a little bit. You might find some music that you didn't know about that you could wind up loving. True that. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to cipher through music you don't. You don't want to listen to mm-hmm. to get to the ones that you might like in that genre. Expand mm-hmm. your mind. Open your heart. Mm-hmm. Says the girl who only listened to, <laughs> you only listen to neo-soul music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. to new shit too. David has brought a bunch new of neo music soul. into my life. <laughs> new <laughs> neo-soul. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I'm by myself, I play whatever the fuck I want. Ooh, she feeling feisty today. Got a whole, whole fuck on there. Wow. Yes. All right, all so, right. girl, you got to do the headphones when, you know, he's controlling the music. And then when you control the music, turn that shit up, tune up, you know, hat, turn up. Turn up when you control and it. Ex- open your heart, girl. Because try to be some flexible. great music on the other side. But mm-hmm. we learned so much today, guys, about religion and spirituality and connecting with a higher power on a personal Whatever level. Whatever that may be. Yes, I agree with all of that, yes. And we appreciate y'all tuning in. So please remember to share, review this podcast. It helps us out. And we want to know what you're thinking. Yes, and come kiki with us on our social at Obama's Other Daughters on Instagram, at OOD Improv on Twitter, and on Facebook at Obama's Other Daughters. And remember that you were prayed for. Yay. (laughs) We're rooting for you guys. We are rooting for you all. But if you need some advice, go ahead and write us a letter, all right? At oodpodcast at gmail.com, and we're going to do our best for y'all. Ooh, ooh. And that has been our episode on religion. And remember, your body is God's temple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Goodbye. You Down is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh